Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us for this time today. We hope that this message will encourage you, build your faith, and help you thrive with God and thrive in life. Now to the message. Now we're in a series right now that we are calling Peaks and Valleys. Peaks and valleys. In life, there really are. If you've lived life, you will know there are peaks and there are valleys. Jesus even said, in this world, you will have tribulations or troubles. But hey, you can be of good cheer. Why? Because he has overcome the world. You know, everyone goes through peaks or high points and valleys. But there is a way in which we can go about through the peaks and valleys. And last week we talked about how there's a way that we can go so that we don't get hung up on the highs or the peaks of life and we don't don't get taken out by the lows of life. And that is really having a different spirit, a different attitude, one of faith so that we can press forward Unto the call that God has for you and for I. And we're going to continue in this series uh, today. And I'm really looking forward to it. Now, everyone's experienced high points, low points, peaks and valleys. Hey, if that's you watching today, why not just give me like a yes or an emoji hand? Yeah, I see that hand. I see that hand. Yep, there it is in the chat. I know it. Everybody has gone through peaks and valleys. Now, sometimes peaks of life and valleys of life can happen even in the same week or even at sometimes in the same day. Has has that ever happened to you? In the Bible, there's actually an account of, of a prophet named Elijah in the Old Testament. And it is one where he went from a very high peak, a win to a low valley. And and this story, I want to dive into it because I believe it highlights some things for us that are so useful today. For today, your Monday, 10 years down the line that we can pull out of this of as we are going from the peaks and even valleys of life. So before, before Jesus... God spoke to humanity, mankind through prophets. And, uh, but now today we can, of course, go boldly before the throne of grace uh, because of Jesus, that there is nothing separating us from God, that we can come, we can ask anything in his name according to his will. It will be done for us. But before this, God spoke through prophets. And there was a prophet named Elijah. And uh, the time that Elijah was living, there, there was a drought in the land. For three years, no rain, no water. Water, wa- there was not much water at all. There was a drought for three years. And there was a king, his name was Ahab, and his wife, the queen Jezebel. And Jezebel had uh, worshipped uh, the, the false god Baal. So this is some backstory of what's happening in Elijah's time. Now Jezebel, she killed all the prophets of the Lord, uh, the God of Israel. She killed all the prophets except Elijah. And there was a question in Israel. And the question was, who is the true God? Who controls the rain, right? Because they're in uh, a drought. And is it the God of Israel or is it Baal? 
So the king gathers all of Israel, 450 false prophets of Baal, and Elijah to Mount Carmel. Mount Carmel. Ooh, that sounds good, but it isn't as good. Um, and they're going to, to see who is, who is the God. They're going to settle it here. And Elijah will build an altar have a, have a burnt, have a, a sacrifice, a calf on the altar, and and the the prophets, four hundred and fifty prophets of Baal, will do the same. They'll each build an altar, and they will call on their god. And the first one who has their altar burning fire from heaven, yeah, that's that's the that's 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 who God is, and so. The first is the prophets of Baal and they build their altar and, uh, and they build and they call on, on Baal and no fire. And so they, they decide, well, what do you do next if there's no fire? You leap around like if there was fire. They're leaping around, the Bible says, no fire. So then the, they start actually cutting themselves as was custom. Oh, and yet no fire. Nothing. And one of my favorite parts of this account is actually Elijah. He's watching. I can just see it now. He's watching. He's watching them jump around, cutting themselves, you know, calling out. And he, and he does some faith smack talk that I'm like, you go, Elijah. This is good. He says, and so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, cry aloud for uh, for he is a God. Either he is meditating or he is busy or he is on a journey or perhaps he's sleeping and must be awakened. Like that is some like prophet smack talk. Like uh, shout a bit louder. Your God must be sleeping. Did he go for his daily walk? Where is he? Right. And so they, they, uh, they continue into the evening. No fire. So then Elijah uh, he builds an altar. He gets 12 stones. He put, chops the wood on it. Then he actually puts the, the, the calf on, on the altar. But then he takes um, f 12 jugs of water, like big jugs of water, pours it onto the altar. Now, you got to remember, this is during um, a drought. So this is some commodity. This is something that you want water. And what does he do? He drenches it. If you want something to burn, um, I know this from the very unsuccessful campfires I've done. You don't want wet wood. You don't want... Uh, that's not good for fire. Um, and so he pours it on just to pour it on. And then he says this. So, so much so that the water actually around fills like this trench around the altar. And Elijah, he says this, he says, just a simple prayer. He says, hear me, O Lord, hear me, O Lord, hear me. That this people may know you are the Lord God and that you've turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood, the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. Now, when all the people saw it, they fell on their face, their faces and said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Elijah, he had confidence in God. 
Just really a sentence of a prayer and God answers Elijah and, and, bur- and brings down fire, burns the uh, burnt offering, the, burns the wood, burns the, consumes the stones, the water, and Israel declares the Lord is God. You know, this is a high peak for Elijah. Like this is a good day in the office. This is in the wind column because he's on this Mount Carmel and God answers him, shows that he is God. One man versus 450 prophets, wind column. Like it is a high point. God shows up in power at this mountain. So I'm sure emotionally, Elijah's not not just on Mount Carmel, like physically, he's there emotionally on a peak, on a mountaintop, like, yes, this is great. And so then from there, Elijah gets all the false prophets of Baal and he executes them. Um, Now, this is actually in the Bible. It does say if you're a false prophet, that is, this is Old Testament before Jesus, but that um, the, the penalty of that was death. And then after this, God actually then sends rain to soak the earth. He, he rain comes and fills the earth. It rains after three years. You thought Elijah was like feeling good before. Now, man, it is even better. God showed up like he, he burnt the offering. Not only did that, but now as well, it is raining after three years. It is good. The peak for Elijah, he saw for sure. He saw God's power. And how he sent fire to the altar. And then he sees the needs of the people met by God and he sends, and as God sends rain. Elijah was confident in God and his faithfulness. And throughout this part of the story, his focus was on God and what God could do. Man, good times for Elijah. Good times for Elijah. Dear diary, today was awesome. Right? It was a good day for him. Now, uh, the queen Jezebel, here's how Elijah, he killed the prophets of Baal, which were her prophets, because that is the false god that she worshipped. And she sends him a message and says, I'm going to kill you. Uh, By this time tomorrow, I'm going to kill you. And Elijah, he gets this message and this is his response. And when he saw that he arose, this is Elijah, arose and ran for his life. The same guy who was just on Mount Carmel, a fire came down from heaven, rain came. Now he is running for his life and went to uh, uh, Bathsheba, which belongs to Judah and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree and he prayed that he might die and said, it is enough now, Lord, take my life. I'm no better than my father's. So the news uh, and the threat from, from Jezebel sends Elijah running and fleeing for his life. Elijah, from a very short time, went from a peak, man, to a valley, where the very next day he's afraid, he's cut himself off from others, he said, servant, you stay here, I'm going, 
He's sitting under the broom tree saying, what is the point of life? This mighty prophet, in just a few moments, man, he's in a valley. He's in some, some dark, like, discouragement. Low mentally, he's fearing for his life. He's discouraged. He's left his servant and, and just went into the wilderness by himself. He's isolated himself in the valley. Elijah went right from the peak, the high, right to the low point. And I want to highlight before I go on, something that Elijah did uh, is he isolated himself in a low point. And I think this is something that many of us can do when we're at, the, at a low point or in a valley, if you will, with failure or maybe pressure, anxiety, loss, or maybe even grief. And we can do what Elijah did and isolate ourselves, cut ourselves off from people or community. And I think this is actually a tactic that the enemy uses, that you're alone in this struggle. You know, you're alone in this grief. You know, that the, the enemy can even bring shame to failure or shame of like fear and, oh, I'm a Christian. I shouldn't be like afraid or ha freaking out or having anxiety about this. Oh, you shouldn't be doing that. You're, you're a Christian. Like, where's your, and then you can like isolate yourself from others. Yet the very time in those very times of the low of the valley, when we are walking through grief, when we're walking through and we have fear, we need a community, people of faith around you that can bear one another's burden, pray with you, believe with you, walk through it because we are meant to do life together. And I want to say this, if you're in a low point right now, know that we're here for you as a church. We're pray we pray for our church daily. But if you have a specific prayer request, no, we are here. You can message us, call us. And like we are here standing in faith with you. You are not alone. But Elijah, he isolated himself in the low point. He sat under this, this broom tree, said, what's the meaning of life? You know, I think many of us can identify with Elijah of that, man, one point I was at a peak or it was going well. And then that, that week or that, even that day, I'm going through a valley. Maybe something happens and it causes that valley. You know, this would be an extremely sad story if it ended here. If it had just ended here with Elijah chilling under the broom tree, just staying there for the rest of his life, this would be a sad story. But it doesn't end there. And what I think is so good for us today is it doesn't end there. So Elijah, he's under this tree, discouraged, fearful for his life absolute like what is my purpose anymore what is the meaning of my life anymore and he feels alone and he has isolated himself from all other people yet Elijah was not alone in the lowest of the low place that he has ever been 
God was there with him in the valley. God sent an angel to minister to him. Check this out. In 1 Kings, it goes on in chapter 19, it says, As he lay there and slept under the broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. So Elijah, he went from a high place to a low place. But know what? God was there with him in the high place. And God was there with him in the low place. God ministered to Elijah where he was. He had some angel cake. Probably the best angel cake that anybody's ever had. Can you get, can you, do you mind sending me that recipe? But God ministered to him in his low place. It goes on in verse seven, it says, and the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, arise and eat because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank and he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. God met Elijah in the low place. And God gave him what he needed in that moment. And then he came again. God sent that angel again to provide food. But what I want to highlight is strength for the journey ahead. Strength for the journey ahead. Why? Because you are not meant to stay in the valley. You are not meant to stay in the low place. The angel came the first time. And what did he do? He ministered to him in the grief, in the uh, discouragement that he felt, in, in the utter disarray that he was. God was there with him and, and really gave him strength to, and brought healing in that time. And then the angel came again and he gave him food. What? To not camp in the low point, not to camp in the, the disappointment, not to camp in the valley, but instead strength for the journey ahead. God gave him strength to move now. First time he came, I believe it was a picture of, of bringing healing for the hurt that can come in the low point, in the valleys. And then God then gave him uh, the power then to journey on and get out of that low point. Because we're not meant to camp in the valleys. And if you're going through a valley of grief, disappointment, loss, maybe anxiety, fear, or you're just feeling, I'm just, I'm feeling so discouraged. Know that God He's with you. You may feel alone, but you're not alone. God is with you and he will minister. In other words, he will touch your heart and bring you what you need in the pain, in the grief, in the disappointment, in the unmet expectation. He will give you what you need because he knows what you need to bring healing in that time, to bring wholeness in that time, to bring peace in that time. 
And then as well, he will give you strength again to keep going, to move forward. But God's not afraid to be right there with you in the disappointment, in the hurt. And he's actually there ministering to you. He is there for you. God never left Elijah and God is never going to leave you. If you're feeling that way today, I want to encourage you that God who is with you in the peaks of life, he is with you in the valley. He knows what you need. He has what you need. And he will empower you to bring you healing from that valley and to move and to press forward into what God has. Because God is there in the midst of the valley of grief, failure, where there may be fear or that situation or that insurmountable thing that's against you. God is there with you. You know, the path and plans that God has for you is too great for you. I like what Elijah or the angel says to Elijah. He says, uh, eat this because the journey is too great for you. You know, the journey ahead is too great for you. And sometimes even some disappointments or hurt. It's too great for you to just to heal and keep going by yourself. We weren't meant to do that. But instead, God will do that. He will bring health, wholeness, peace, and give you the power to move forward. I love this. In Romans 8, in 38, it says, this is, now I've said this scripture so many times, and it's probably one of my one of my favorite scriptures, but it says, for I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I love that. How much God loves us. But it says right here, nor height, nor depth. I see no peak and then no valley can separate you from the love of God, which has been expressed, is shown, and is experienced through Jesus. Is experienced through Jesus. Elijah had an angel cake. I'm sure it's good. But today, we get to be partakers of the Son of God, Jesus, of the finished works of Jesus, his peace, his wholeness, his healing, his strength, everything that he has provided. In John 6, 33, it says, Jesus says, for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Uh, then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. You know, today we can be partakers of Christ, the finished works of Jesus. that will bring healing in the valley. Hope in the valley that it'll bring strength and empowerment in the valley because God is with you. The same, if you like God who was there with you on that peak, if you right now think of like a highlight of like, man, 
God was so there. God was so good. Think about that for a minute. Now, how much God was there? How much God came through? How much you were like, yes, God. Wow. God is with you as much in the valley. He is there with you with his same power in the valley. He is faithful in the peaks and the valleys. Now from the broom tree, uh, Elijah, he went to Mount Hebron, uh, or Hebron, no, that's, that's not it. It's Horeb. He went uh, to Horeb, and that mountain actually is also known as Mount Sinai. And uh, in 1 Kings, we see in verse 19, uh, chapter 19, verse 8, there we go. He said, So he arose and ate and drank and went in strength of the food 40 days and 40 nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. And so Elijah, he's in the very place that God revealed himself to Moses and to the Israelites. Right? So, and, and God was like, he did some pretty spectacular ways in revealing himself. And on this mountain, God spoke to Elijah. But God didn't speak to Elijah as he did uh, to Moses on this mountain. God didn't speak to Elijah in, some, in a spectacular way. There's actually, it goes on to the account of how God spoke to Elijah. In 1 Kings, in, in uh, verse 11, it says, "Go." this is God saying, Go out and stand before me on the mountain. And the Lord told him, uh, the Lord told him, And Elijah stood there, and the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was fire. He just saw fire on the mountaintop at Mount Carmel. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a, a sound of a gentle whisper. There was a sound of a gentle whisper. And then God he starts speaking into Elijah. He responds and speaks to the discouraged prophet in gentleness and what Elijah needed at that moment. I think it's amazing because it shows at Elijah, he, at that moment, no, he didn't need an earthquake. He didn't need fire from heaven. He needed that still small voice and God spoke right to him. God knows what you need and how to speak to you in those times to speak to you. It's not a God. There's not a one size fit all. This is God speaking to you. Everything's based on him. Absolutely. Everything's on his word, the Bible. But it's not a, how he spoke to Moses is different than how he spoke to Elijah on that very same mountain. Why? Because he, God knew what that discouraged prophet needed to hear. God knows 
what you need. And as you allow God to speak to you, as you come to him, he will speak to you and he will minister, touch your heart in a way that only God can and in a way that is so unique to you. It's not a one-size-fits-all God. Uh-uh. No. Because it's, it's not religion. It's not rules. And it's a relationship. A relationship with God that He goes with you in the peaks, the valleys, and He will speak to you in just what you need. God will bring you to the peaks in life the victories in life. Absolutely. And God is also with you in the valleys of life. In the lows, God will minister to you just what you need. At the mountaintop, Elijah, he needed fire from heaven for him, but also for all of Israel. He needed the power of God. He needed the mighty rain to come down to, to stop this three-year drought. But then after this discouraged prophet, under that broom tree, he just needed in that moment some water and some angel cake. But he was still had that discouragement, had... What am I doing? But then on that Mount Sinai, God spoke to him in a way that went right to his heart. And God knows what you need. He knows where you are, whether you're on a peak, a valley, somewhere in between, on your way down, on your way up. He knows what you need and he is with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. And that that we now today can be partakers of the bread of life, Jesus. As you get into his word, spend time in his presence, spend time as we are today, as, as we are diving into his word, as we start again up uh, Thrive Groups. Those are such great times to allow ourselves to partake of the goodness of God and allow him to speak and minister in a way that only God knows that we need. Thank you for joining us for the Thrive Church podcast. We hope this message encouraged you, built your faith, and helped you thrive with God and thrive in life. We would love to see you on a Sunday soon, in person or online. You can get all the information at thrivecalgary.ca. If you would like to support a partner with Thrive Church financially, you can do so by going to thrivecalgary.ca and click the Give button. No God is for you. We love you and have a great week.